in my head, I was like, this is cool. Like, they're on a no-hitter right now. So I think that was when, like, maybe I started to get a little superstitious in the dugout with, like, okay, like, when I walk in, I high-five this person, and then I get my water. Welcome back to the Athletes Corner podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest and also the very first female guest we've had on this podcast, Lauren Durkowski, who is a pitcher at the University of Michigan, um, who has a whole list of accolades, which I'll go over right now so you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself while you listen to how good you are at softball. So you're listed as a top 100 Division I softball player, which is crazy, and two no-hitters in back-to-back days, which is even more ridiculous, which we'll get into later, um, an all-Big Ten and all-region second-team selection. And then your stats, which is even more ridiculous, it just like adds on and adds on and adds on. In high school, you had a .56 ERA your senior season, 257 strikeouts, 124 innings pitched, near 500 batting average, and 12 home runs. So basically Shohei Otani. And then your college career, 213 ERA, 23 complete games, five shutouts, and a million strikeouts as well. So um, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you here with us today, spend some time with you. And um, yeah, so we'll start right with how you began playing softball. Obviously, college softball player, Division One softball player in the Big Ten is no, like, no joke at all. So how did you start? As a softball player, did you always play softball your entire life? How did that come to be? Yeah, so I actually started in Elmhurst. I played for the Elmhurst Emeralds, was my first like travel ball team. Um, but kind of started because my sister actually played softball through high school. And I used to go to her pitching lessons and her games. And I remember just telling like my parents, I was like, I want to play softball too. Like, I want to do what Julia's doing. Um, so got to do that, got into it, started in Elmhurst, moved to a team from Schaumburg, moved to a team from Plainfield after that, and then played for the Bandits out of like Indiana area. Um, and then my last few years went down to Tennessee and played for a team out of Tennessee. So definitely was a work in progress. Um, got into softball. My mom played softball in college, so she kind of influenced a little bit, especially with the pitching, because she was a pitcher too. So that kind of helped out. But yeah, it was a really fun journey. And I feel like it never ends. I feel like I'm still on that journey. So yeah, for sure. I mean, having family that played the sport or play the sport obviously is going to influence you one way or another. So that's cool to hear. I mean, did you expect to get to where you are now when you were that young? Did you always have that dream or goal of playing in college, playing wherever? Um, or was it kind of a thing like, as you're going on, you're realizing, I'm pretty good at this sport, maybe I should keep playing? Yeah, so I remember when I was like 10 years old and we were watching the World Series, the Women's College World Series on TV and Michigan was on. And at the time, like my travel ball team had set up a cool little thing where like we each chose a team from a hat and we had to watch them. And if they won the tournament, then like we got a prize. Um, and my team was Michigan. So I remember watching them and being able to follow them throughout their entire World Series journey. Um, and I remember turning to my mom and be like, mom, like, I want to play for Michigan. I want to be on that team. I want to wear that jersey. Um, and ever since then, it was kind of history. I was like, I want to go to Michigan. I'm going to do my best to get there and try and do everything in my power to just get to that level. And I think that's kind of how it stemmed and how I knew in that moment that, like, as long as I put the work in, like, I have the ability to reach that goal. 
That's awesome, because I was going to literally ask you how long into, like, were you always into Michigan? Like, was Michigan the one, number one priority? And then, so that answers my question right there. Um, how early on did you uh, commit to Michigan? So I committed when I was, like, 14 or 15, freshman year okay. of high school. So I was pretty early. I was an early commit before the rule changed. I was going to ask. I, I don't really know softball like that. Like, that's that's early? Yeah, so back in, like, Back in the day when it was like that, um, <laughs> there were pretty much no rules. So at the time, like, there was a lot of younger girls committing, especially like freshman, eighth grade year, and it got kind of crazy. So they ended up changing the rule now that you can't really, you can't talk to college coaches until junior year of high school. So now it's changed. But back then there was like no rules on it. That's kind of crazy. So how do you feel about that? Do you think it should be like, because like, I, I kind of like that. Like, you're young, you don't really know what you want to do. To, I mean, worked out for you, great, but I'm sure not everyone. Like, you see, at least in baseball, I see so many guys, they commit when they're in middle school, and then they decommit two years later, commit to another school, decommit again. And it's like, and then so much changes with coaching staffs and stuff. That also plays a factor. So do you think that's a good thing, a good change? I think it is. I think it was important to at least have something down because it started to get a little crazy. Um, and like you said, like you don't really know what you want at that age, um, like softball or school. And I think it's hard to, to consider like school as a factor because you don't really know like what you want to major in or what type of environment you want to be in. So I think it's a good thing that um, that like girls have to wait a little longer just to to know like what they want. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board with that. Um, so Michigan, in terms of your recruitment, did you have to go out to them? Did they come out to you? Did you go to camps? Did you? How did that? Because you obviously had the goal set in mind of going to Michigan. Did you go to camps and stuff like that, or did they come out and see you at showcases, things like that? How did they? Yeah. How did you get in their viewpoint? So a little bit of everything. I remember um, doing a lot of camps ever since I was young, like ever since I was old enough to attend the camps I used to go. Um, did a lot of camps, called them, emailed them. Uh, I know they came out and watched me in travel ball a few times. Actually came out to some of my high school games too, which was cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of just like keeping that contact with them, um, especially through like the beginning of my recruiting process was important. So I would call them probably once a week, at least once a week, um, just to like, update them, talk about life, talk about what's going on at Michigan. So I think that was really important. Definitely calling. I feel like for any girls that like, or anyone that wants to get recruited, um, a lot of people email, a lot of people write, but I think that calling really set me apart because not too often is it that you get, like coaches will get a phone call from a recruit. Okay. I mean, so were you talking to any other schools or were you like, completely honed in on Michigan and like that was it like <laughs> yeah so I um I got recruited by a few other schools so it was really cool a lot of Big Ten um like definitely still in the Midwest schools but as soon as Michigan offered me I was like yep that's it right there so it was <laughs> that's really awesome cool. I mean that's a that's a good thing I mean I was just talking on uh the last podcast that I did I was talking about how a guy I don't know how much you follow baseball but Max Clark from Indiana got drafted by Detroit. Like, I think it's cool when it's like the perfect situation. Like, you wanted to play for Michigan, 
you got to play for Michigan, everything kind of worked out that way. So, I mean, especially when you have someone going to a school that cares that much about the school, that's even that much more motivation to play well for the school. So I think, I think that's cool as it is. So um, I want to talk about, so you used to hit, obviously I said you were Shohei yeah. Otani. So how hard was it to give up the bat going to college? Because you don't hit anymore, right? Yeah, I don't hit anymore, but... It wasn't too rough only because a lot of like our practice time is scheduled so that pitchers like you throw your bullpen, you work on infield and that kind of takes up a lot of practice time. Um, so I know that I have some other we've had pitchers that hit and you have to go in and put a lot of extra time like your own time into it. So I think it wasn't too rough only because my classes took up all the other time that I had. So it was okay. You know, every once in a while I'll pick up the bat and like swing <laughs> a few times, but I love it. I mean, anything that I can do to help the team. So if that's being a pitcher and like perfecting my craft, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So how different is your games practices the whole season from high school to now at Michigan? Cause that's a huge jump. I know there's people, I'm not, I mean, again, a, Apologies for not knowing a ton about softball, but there's a ton of guys in baseball that'll go JUCO and then Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAI, whatever, um, because it's an easier transition or whatever, whatever reason it smooths out the transition. If you're going straight from high school, um, a public high school at that, not even like a private like whatever school, to Big Ten school, Michigan, like that has to be a massive jump and a lot of things maybe you didn't expect going into it to change. Yeah, I've just felt like practices at Michigan are a lot more structured and planned out. And you go from practicing however much you did in high school to practicing every day and having like that 6 a.m. lift with your team and then mm -hmm. lifting on your own and putting in the extra work. So I like it because it's very structured and it, it helps out, especially dealing with like a busy school schedule. Um, but it definitely is different, I would say. Um, you get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, efficiency is massive, especially because mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of time. Like you mentioned, what are you, what are you uh, studying at Michigan? I'm studying industrial operations engineering. <laughs> that sounds, sounds <laughs> difficult. Yeah, very <laughs> fun. It's actually, the classes are fun. It's just, a, it gets tough sometimes, but you figure yeah. it out. So what kind of like tips or advice would you give to a student athlete going to college, how to manage their time and be on top of school because you can't just forget about classes. Yeah, I would say create a schedule like you'll know your practice schedule, um, but getting on top of things with your classes, reaching out and getting tutors if you need help, going to office hours and just having like time for yourself as well, like building that time because you're going to need it. It gets exhausting at times and just having the ability to reset and spend time away from the sport and away from classes and just like enjoying your time at school. I think that's really important out of everything. Okay. So we won't talk about the no hitters yet. Cause we got to add some suspense here for, uh, for the <laughs> listeners and watchers at home. So, um, what besides the no hitters was your favorite memory in your first two years at Michigan playing softball? Um, that's tough. I Loaded feel like, question. Actually, my favorite memory was my freshman year. It was our first game of the whole year, like our first fall ball game, like first time on the field in the uniforms. 
And I actually got to start that game. And I remember getting out to the mound and just like hearing the anthem, being with everyone and like tears in my eyes, like I made it, like this is it right here. Like this is the coolest moment of my life. And I turn around to throw like my warm up pitches and it's just like a sea of maize and blue in the stands. And it was incredible. And I feel like that's the moment I always go back to when I think of like, yeah, like this is it. Like I'm here, I did it. Like I put in the work and it was just incredible. Like that moment was insane. I wish I could relive it every time that I think of like pitching a ball. Do you, so what's a normal day look like for you, like on a start day like that? I mean, maybe not the first one because that's probably a little different, <laughs> but on a day that you're planning, scheduled to start, how, what, are, what are you doing from when you wake up to first pitch? So we actually um, don't really know who's starting until like our pregame starts, I guess. So normally yeah, but... get up, uh, maybe get like a tea from Starbucks, get to the locker room, change. We have like a um, team meal before, so we'll all go up in the team room and just eat and talk and catch up and just kind of like relax before the game. Then we'll go down into the locker room. I'll get my hair done, like my braids and everything. Um, sit there. We have some like locker room rituals that we do before the games and then coach will come in, read the lineup, get us all prepped. We'll go out, start warm ups. Um, we normally like stretch as a team, do some like running. And then from there, pitchers kind of break off and you get warm, like whatever you need to do to get warm. Um, do you, so do you have any idea you're going to pitch? Like, is there like a couple people that might throw or is it really anybody can be starting that day? It kind of is. Anyone can be starting like. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Like, it's very different from baseball where like I know yeah. that in baseball, like you guys have pitch counts, right? So like we're mm -hmm. the opposite. Like it's need be well, like. You go out there. I, yeah, I remember talking to you back in high school, and I'm like, because I would see you're throwing every day, and I'm like, does your arm not get sore? And you're like, oh, no. I'm like, that's, like, so foreign to me. Like, because obviously, like, in baseball, you have a five-man rotation usually because you have to rest your arm after a couple of days. Mm -hmm. You're over here throwing two no-hitters in a row. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to me, but yeah, continue. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's very different, but it's really cool. I just and uh, so do you have a specific routine once you find out you're throwing? Um, I have like my warm up that I'll go through and then like, not, I wouldn't say really, like I don't have that big of a routine. I feel like it definitely changes. Like if I have an off game, like my hair has to be different than like what it was. <laughs> like it's like that type of stuff where it's like small superstitions, but not like massive, like any big routines. Okay, so the day then you threw your first no-hitter, is that was that a normal day? Did you expect anything different? Um, I got the start and I was just like, okay, like Purdue and other Big Ten school conference games. Um, I didn't really think much of it. I honestly like didn't even know I had a no-hitter until like the last few innings. But I got out there, I felt pretty good. Um, you okay, know. Were you, once you started realizing you had a no-hitter, are you like in your head like I need to get this or like is it whatever keep going um a little bit I mean in my head I was like oh, like this is cool like throwing a no hitter right now so I think that was when like maybe I started to get a little superstitious in the dugout with like okay like when I walk in I high five this person and then I get my water um but not too much I know that like 
you feel the pressure a little bit, but when you're on the mound, like I feel like I kind of dial in and then like forget about everything except for the pitch I'm throwing. So that was cool. And just having a lot of trust in like my team um, that if they hit a ground ball or a pop up that like my team was going to get in and get them out. So I thought that was a cool moment. So how difficult was it? So you throw the first no hitter, right? And it's like you see it all over Twitter and everyone's like, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and then you see all over Twitter the next day, you're like, oh, they reposted the same thing. No, they just, she did it again. Um, so how was, how difficult was that? The, so you had to have celebrated that night, right? Um, yeah, well, it was fun. It was cool. I got, so we actually played two games that next day because we got rained out the one day. Um, so I pitched on, I think it was Saturday, and then we had two games Sunday. And the first game we lost, I came in at the end of the game to like close it out. And then I got the start for the next game. Okay, so you you pitched a game and then pitched another game and then threw a no-hitter after coming in relief. Yeah, but I only threw like one inning in relief, so it wasn't... But it wasn't I mean, big, that, that's so crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's even, that's even, okay, it's even more wild than I thought it was, but um, so... You obviously, okay, like I said, you celebrated the f after the first game. You had to have, like, you can't not, especially, you know, it's no-hitter in college. Like, that's crazy. Now, you go in the second. Now, I didn't even know there was a game in between the second no-hitter yeah. on the next day. And so you had to get ready for that. And then now you have another start. Like, how do you, like, get back into that mental space of where, like, okay, everything else that just happened doesn't matter. I have to get back on the mound and do it again. Yeah, so it was a lot of like, like I redid my warm up with my catcher and I was talking to her just like casually, like doing whatever, like my pitches. And I was like, you know, like it would be so cool if I threw another new hitter today. Like that would be the best. And so I feel like I kind of manifested it, but um, definitely I told her that before the game. And she's like, you know, like just take it pitch by pitch. Like don't even think about the no hitter. And I was like, yeah, okay, like you're right. Like let's just get through this game. Let's get the win and then we can head home. Um, and I got in there and the first inning, I felt good, like had similar hairstyle. That was my my little <laughs> like, mojo going into it. Um, and honestly, it was just throwing my stuff. And I felt like I just like our pitch caller, our pitch coach, she calls all my pitches. And I felt like me and her were on this exact same page with like what I wanted to throw and what she was calling. And just I felt very prepared against those batters. And just felt good. Yeah, like, I mean, you just you just no hit them the other day, so you should, you <laughs> I know, I'm like, should you know, feel like, good. I was a little nervous though because I was like, well, they've already seen me. Like, I've gone through the lineup a few times, quite a few times now. So yeah, like, they didn't touch the ball though. So <laughs> so it was exciting. It was really cool. And then like to get to celebrate with everyone after, um, and like I got the game ball and I got to give it to my parents because they were there. So that was really cool. Um, and just like. It was awesome. I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> There's no way, like, the, after the first inning, you had to have been thinking, all right, I'm one inning down for a no-hitter. Like, like, you threw the first one, you're not thinking about it till maybe, like, the fifth inning. But, like, once you're on the second one, like you said you were talking with your catcher before the game, oh, I can throw another no-hitter, like, that'd be crazy. Mm -hmm. There's no way every single out you weren't just thinking about that. So, like, the fact that you were able to mentally lock in and get that done is, like, wild. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think people cool. realize how crazy that is. I mean, especially baseball players. A lot of my audience probably doesn't watch softball, so it's probably even more crazy to us to hear that. So <laughs> that's that's crazy. I mean, and then did you pitch the next day after that? 
<laughs> no, I, I took a nice day <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I don't even think I threw the next day after that. Um, but, you know, I'm back at it the, the next day. <laughs> so. Okay, so what are you looking forward to most uh, finish, finishing out your career at Michigan halfway through it, unless you got an extra year, extra seven years like everyone else seems to have nowadays? Um, what are you looking forward to most? I think I'm just looking forward to like competing. We have like new, I don't know if you know softball news, but Jordy Ball just joined the Big Ten, and I think that there's some big really fan good competition. What? I'm a big, fan, big of fan of her. Yeah, she's great. Um, so I think it's going to be really good to compete against these teams. And with UCLA joining, I mean. That's oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, game changer. That's crazy. So. That's dumb, it's awesome. but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to just like play these girls and be able to hopefully compete for the World Series, like in the World Series, and just give it my all. I mean, I love the girls that I play with. They're all, we're all so close. So it's nice to like have a family like that and be close with them and just like have good relationships with my coaches and be able to just be a leader on our team, um, both like through what I do and what I do on the field and off the field. Um, so it's really cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for everything, you know? I'm excited for my classes. Like, I just love, I love it there. So it's easy to be excited about whatever's going on. Do you guys have a lot of returners? We do. We have, um, I think, everyone from last year, except for the seniors um, that graduated, are returning. So it's how many? How many graduated? Um, like a handful or like a big? A few. Uh, um, I... I don't think I can name the number right now, but <laughs> I know we have some, uh, we've got like five or six incoming freshmen, so it'll be good. Nice, nice. How do you guys plan, do you guys, are you expecting to compete like yeah, high level? Yeah, for sure. I feel like every year we expect, um, yeah. we expect it, so it'll be good. I mean, it's always fun and it's always a competition, especially between Big Ten schools. Um, but it's nice, like in the fall, we'll play some other schools. And then in the beginning of our spring season, we'll be um, we normally travel and we get to play in the warm weather and get out of the cold for a little bit. So that's always nice, too. Nice. Um, so I'll finish this with sort of I know I mentioned earlier advice to young athletes, but what would you say to someone that wants to compete at the college level, maybe they're in high school, middle school, whatever, um, a girl that wants to play softball, a guy that wants to play baseball, whatever, what do they have to do to get themselves to that level? Because obviously you have to put in so much work beforehand, especially to get to your level of softball. So what, what if you could give any piece of advice? I know it's hard and it's hard to say one specific thing, but what's something that you would tell those people? Um, I would just say to remember to have fun. Like at the end of the day, it is a game. And even though, like I know for me, like I flip the switch on and off, like when I'm on the field versus off, but just remembering to have fun and remembering like the reason why you play the game in the first place. And I know it's easy to let that slip away, especially with recruiting and competition. And if you have an off day versus like a really good day and it, it gets really tough. And I know that it's the same for every single sport. Um, so just remembering like, who you are, even like at school, we have a board that says like, remember who you're playing for. And it's all pictures of us when we were little playing softball and just loving it. And I think that's the most important thing to remember out of everything that you do every day. So yeah, that's the advice that I would give. 
that's a good, good piece of advice. I mean, not everyone's going to throw two no-hitters in back-to-back days, <laughs> so, like, they have to know how to deal with some failures. But um, do you, are, what's your plan in the future? Are, do you want to play professional softball, or is college all you want to do, or do you not know yet? Or I have no idea. I feel like the more I start to realize that I only have two years of college ball left, I'm like, mm. Maybe I might want to play afterwards. I don't know how easy it'll be to give up, you know, a sport that I've played for my entire life. So we'll definitely see. I feel like that's when I got to I gotta figure that out still. Or maybe you pick up the bat again, start swimming. Maybe. That, <laughs> might, that might be it right there. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll put all her uh, links, Instagram, whatever. I don't know what she's got, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> and I'll put it in the description. Um, we'll have her on again if you guys want to talk to her again. We'll see if she, if she graces with her presence again. We'll have her on again. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for watching this podcast. Um, make sure to tune in to all these episodes. we got new ones coming out weekly. And, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next video.